All righty. What's happening, everybody? This is Jeremy. Jeremy Ubroth with uh, Pastor Amadeus Road Reformed Baptist Church. I almost forgot which church we go to. And this is Greg. Greg Dix, Deacon. <laughs> Deacon, as you remember, of obscurities. So uh, hopefully we're coming through okay on um, you guys in here because I uh, I just updated this. And for some reason, I can't see the. There we go. This coming through. So I just want to make sure that. Um, Everything is coming through okay, and uh, we are good to go. Alrighty, so we'll just uh, give give some people some time uh, to jump on here and uh, make sure. Please uh, let us know in the chat uh, that uh, everything's coming through okay. It looks like the captions are coming through, so that means that they must be able to hear us. Uh, I will uh, make sure that we are sounding good and that uh, the volume is <laughs> live again, dude. There it is. What's up, Eric? Stalaritis, dude. <laughs> yes, live again. Live again. Cheers, bro. It's going to be a regular thing, bro. It's going to be a regular thing. This is what we're doing now. All right. Sounds good. All right. We got five listeners or five viewers, it looks like. Rocking the cat. That's right. There you go. Hola. Jairazan. Got the wives in. Dude, our wives. <laughs> dude, are you going to follow us? Yes. Right supporters. That's awesome. That's cool. All right, Minimally, guys. you got to have wives watching. You would hope so. Nobody else watching. You know, you know you're in a rough spot, bro, when like your wives aren't even watching. Not interested. <laughs> we yeah. bore them, right? Bro, what you guys are doing is dumb. Yeah. All right, Rob and Susie watching sound and video. All right, five out of five. That's good. That's good to know. Always concerned. It's technology, man. This is not easy. I'll tell you what, but we uh, we got quite the setup in front of us right now. You guys can't see it, but uh, it's taken me a minute to. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a sweet setup. Got the lights. Got the, got the lights. Camera back there. Camera. Three screens. Three screens so we can monitor what's going on. Sarah, welcome. Yes. Locust Grove, Oklahoma. Sarah's on the line. This is great, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Tell your husband uh, we said hi, and hopefully you guys are getting all settled in in the Oki out there and getting involved in the end abortion action. Stay away from Tornado Alley. Watch out for Tornado Alley. This city needs Tornado Alley. And that'll tear your mobile home up, bro. Number, th number one thing... Uh, that uh, tornadoes attack, bro. Mobile homes. Magnets. Right? Stay away. Or mobile home parks, dude. Yeah. If you live there, move. Nice. All right. The screen is great. Hey, guys. It is, it is like coming down snow out here. I am, thankfully, we live in the same neighborhood. Normally, it's like a three-minute walk away. Today, it was like a six-minute walk away because of a foot of snow. We roll out here in Colorado Springs. It's got a dark filter over it. Uh oh. It's looking fine on mine. Here, let's try this. This is why it's important, you guys. I'm still learning how to do this, you guys. So let's just bear with me. Let's let's do this here. We're gonna go here. We're gonna do this live. I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to in apply uh, a filter that will amp our beautiful faces up it'll brighten up our day a bit 
Okay, let's see. Let's see how this looks. Grace shine upon you. Yeah, dude. Lightning count countenance. Yes. To the Lord. Make some adjustments, see how it looks. Yeah, I'm trying to read those comments. Yeah, the great the gray line is on, on purpose, Sarah. Trying to be fancy. Trying to be fancy. What are you gonna do? Let's see this. Make a fancy adjustment on the camera. And I, you know what's going to happen, guys? I'm going to make this adjustment. The whole thing's going to shut down. <laughs> all, of sudden, all of a sudden, your Twitch account pops it's up. It's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Why did that pop up? All right. I'll lighten this up a bit more here. Okay, that's probably too bright. There we go. Eric, we miss you, bro. Yeah, bro. We miss you. No more fine lineups, dude. Those days kind of behind us someone needs to take that on uh, somebody does i'm gonna initiate greg <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> greg could do it the standard right yeah let's go standard that's funny yeah. married with children man that's right you do okay wait a minute i still have i didn't realize this guys i'm sorry i i still had spotify playing in the background my bad all right that should be good. We got, we are, we are five minutes into this thing. So I do apologize. Yeah. We totally miss you too. All right. The, lower the fog. Okay. The, okay the, we should be good now. We good? Check out on your phone. See how we look. About to peep it out. Peep it out. Bro. What is all that you're looking at? I don't know. Horrible dude. It's bad for you. What is this? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Telling you the videos. But yeah, it is kind of. It is kind of like filming. Hmm. Sorry, you guys. You don't hear this stuff, but. Let's try. That doesn't make a difference. It just, it's just the color. I don't know. It could be the camera, too, the way I have it set it up. So, yeah. We'll just roll with it. Foggy. Beware when you click on the video thing on the Facebook. Every note kind of stupid junk pops up. All right. Let's see here. Appreciate you guys uh, working through this with us. Here we go. See, the thing is, I don't want to wash this out. I want to get all crazy. Let me see if I can't change. Yeah. And I, dude, that could just be the way I have the, the camera set up right now. So, I mean, it looks great. It's kind of like a filmy type of look there. I get it. It's that's hey, but you guys can see us and hear us. That's intentional. Guys, this is, is a cinematic it? effect. <laughs> I'm doing that on purpose. All we need is a fog machine. A sweet fog machine. Okay. That would do it. Okay, so guys, like this this one's gonna be a little bit more low-key conversation here. Um, I think we sound okay, everything's coming through. Yeah, Jonathan is still in California uh, right now, and uh, he's going to come back. Is he going to come back? <clears throat> I think so. He's going to be a part of another church yeah. out of right? <laughs> he's not telling us um, I yeah. see. I don't see Johnny on here. He'll, Where I you know. at, Johnny? Jonathan, dude. Come on, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the snow is crazy. It was uh, quite a bit today. So, yeah. Anyway, um, let's get to it. Yeah, so what, what I wanted to discuss today was 
getting a better grasp of wh- why we're involved in what we're involved in. Uh, how, what is the Christian's responsibility when it comes to civics, just being actively involved in civic life? What is it? You know, oftentimes we hear like church and politics. What does the church have to do with politics? Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Separation of church and state. Right. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I know that as a church, we've wrestled with this quite a bit, that um, this has not been an easy issue to deal with in terms of our leadership group, right? That I know you guys have worked through stuff. So I wanted to kind of kind of share just our background. I think that a lot of the reasons, the uphill battle that we're facing has more to do with our background. Like, so what, what context did we grow up in? How do we understand politics? What is it? You know, what is our civic duty as Americans? Cause it's going to be a lot different in other countries. And how has that influenced and affected us in terms of our, the position that we have adopted? And then where are we at now? Like, so how have we gotten to where we're at right now? And then where do yeah. we go from here? So what would you say? I think, that, well, me, you, Jonathan, Brian, you know, we have very, very similar backgrounds in terms of theology, right? Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. As far as like dispensational churches. <clears throat> um, let me, know, let me see this. Non-Calvinistic churches. Okay. So um, I'm talking about, let's go further back. Oh, so get deep. What context did you grow up in? Did you go to private school, public school? Public school. Okay. Yeah, I was a uh, thug life, pretty much. Same here, dude. Yeah. Thug life, straight Long Beach, dude. If we knew how to like work the glasses, they would just be going on us right now, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. The, the joint out of the mouth, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's my background. I mean, that's the same as yours. So Jonathan went to a Christian school. All right. You know? Yeah, we're not talking about Jonathan. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we can. We can talk about him because yeah. he's not watching. He can't say anything. Yeah, he can't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me share kind of, I'll, I'll tee it up a little bit. So I grew up in a context where, like, even in my household, politics was not something that we re- regularly discussed. It wasn't something that even came up often. As a matter of fact, looking back on it, my dad would have held a position that um, politics is more of a private thing, much like spirituality. It's like, you know, the, the famous saying, uh, the one thing you don't talk about with people is, you know, your religion and politics. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How is it in your household? The two things that I like, really like talking about. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, things that, that really Seems matter. like we all talk right? about. Yeah. <laughs> things actually really matter. Religion, yeah. politics. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew my parents growing up were like Republicans, right? So, I mean, I, I knew Did you that. know what Republican meant? Uh, they're against abortion. Yeah. You know, I, I knew very, very limited information in terms of, you know, what that meant. You know, right. po- politics, I did, I did not have a firm grasp on, you know, anything really politically. Growing up. I didn't right. care. You know, as a kid, I just didn't care. Why do you think know? that was? Well, we, I'd say we, we never had conversations about it, right? So it's not as it's not as though there's any sort of like stimulation in terms of, you know, hey, think about this, yeah, right? And hey, I, mean, I get it, you know, life's busy and you know that kind of thing. But it just wasn't on my parents' radar. 
So it wasn't yeah. something that like you guys regularly talked about. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. And why do you think that was? Why do you think it wasn't on the radar? Why do you think it wasn't like a common household conversation? I'd say just off the cuff thinking about this, uh, you know, uh, you know, coming from I mean, parents are Christians, right? But the churches they were in were dispensational churches. You know, we were in a Calvary Chapel for a long time. These are not really things that are talked about, you know, much in church. Uh, they're not really, you know, subject matters that are that are encouraged necessarily to be, you know, thinking about talking about. Do you, you think know. that that had something to do with the generation, maybe? Maybe so. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at me, you mean like, like past the sixties and seventies and, you know, I mean, you look back then, you know, you had people who were, um, you know, highly political. Right. I mean, I think it is today too, in a sense, you know, you see a lot of com- comedians, there's stuff they're dealing with political things. Yeah. You know, the things that we're seeing, you know, from mass media, uh, Yeah, maybe maybe less so from like a population standpoint. People just don't want to talk about, you know, these things. Yeah. It's so divisive. It can be. It is yeah, it can be really divisive. And it's almost like not not just that people they don't want to talk about them because we find, and the, my experience is as you touch on anything in life at all, you're going to touch on one of two things in both ends. You're gonna to touch on people's political views and you're going to touch on their religious views because of course their religious views, even if they're atheists, their religious views inform their political views. Absolutely. People love sharing both. People love preaching. They do all the time. Right. But what's interesting is they have a hard time engaging with people that disagree with them. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. That's what I've seen as a rapid decline is it <clears throat> they, like they don't know how to disagree. Let's say I I totally reject your position. I think your 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 position's ridiculous. Coming to the point of calling me an idiot. Yeah, yeah, right. You're just an idiot. You're this kind of person, so I don't need to talk to you. Is really how I've experienced it progressing, and I think it's a generational issue. So I grew up in the public education as well, and I was just talking to my wife about this earlier. Is um. When I look back at <clears throat> when I grew up, honestly, like most of the pol- political stuff was just kind of like, here are these stories that we hold to, right? Jonathan's here, dude. There he is. There he is. Johnny. Yes. What's up, buddy? Yeah, bro. <laughs> Miss you. Miss you, brother. Um, so, okay. So, they were political, anything political that was oriented around like our nation's founding or even world history lacked some sort of connectivity. It was kind of stories stuck in time. Here's these fantastic stories of things that happened in history, and we can name, like, particular points, but we have a hard time, like, connecting the dots of what led up to that, what was the context at the time, why were these political factions fighting or, or not, why was there time of peace, why was there time of war? It was... The American Revolution, and then that is, you know, kind of had its own story and was compartmentalized. And then here's this other story about the Civil War. I could just look back and I think of all these, like, you know, and here's the president. I I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Yeah. They were just stories that that are compartmentalized. There's no sequence of events. 
You don't right. understand how things have developed over time. For instance, like many people don't realize like what led to our nation's founding. Right. Like the toleration. Oh, yeah. I mean, growing up in school, yeah. I love, I loved history. Right. Although, although I was, you know, thug life and all that stuff, man. I, mean, I, still, <laughs> still, I still enjoy history. I still love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, for me, I mean, I don't remember, you know, getting in depth in the Constitution and all that stuff. I mean, right. You know, all we needed to know was very surface level, yeah. minimal knowledge that, yes, we have a Constitution. Yeah. Bill of Rights, you know, all this stuff. Very, very, very surface level. Yeah, yeah. Study this for the test. Yeah. And then you're good. And it's like literally one ear out the other. Right. Uh, and your pledging of allegiance, back in the day we used to do that. That's illegal oh, yeah. now. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. Because you can't Crazy. say one nation under God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally it's ridiculous. Stupid. Anyway. Um, whatever. So. Bunch of punks, man. Yeah. I, I remember saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I remember doing all that stuff. But if I, if I were to be honest, I had really no understanding of how things work. I was so disconnected Same. from like the process. Yeah, uh, totally. Uh, I actually didn't start really learning about that until my first years in college. Uh, and you know, I had to actually take a as a part of which was great. Like I had to take a, a civics class, um, or like general ed. Yeah, part of your general ed requirements, and and right. then it was like really there. I'm like, wow. Here's the different parties. Here's how they were established. Here's how things work here, kind of the fluctuations and flows of, of how the parties come in and out of power. Here are all the checks and balances and all those kinds of things. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this what in the world. Yeah, yeah, it was new, but it was very intimidating. You know, um, much of the system itself. When I think about like, I ask myself kind of the hard question, why do I not know as much about our system, our, our governing system? as much as I'd like to, well, a lot of it has to do with, it just seems overwhelming. I mean, I took a one single introduction mm -hmm. class on civics about American government and I'm like, man, there is a lot to understand and learn here. Yeah. That's a bit much right now. I'm just trying to make money to put, put, you know, food on the table and I figured out gas in my car. <laughs> yeah. dude. I can give a rip about all this. As long as I can <laughs> yeah. do that, I'm fine. But I didn't realize how much the government impacted those things. Oh yeah. Paying taxes and all that stuff. Yeah. So my personal journey, I share that to say, when I look back on it, like, my mom, I love you. If you're watching right now, I love you. You know, I'm going to call you out on every single video. Oh, we love mom. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But she has to be called out. Yeah. Like, moms, for the church. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching. Uh, yeah. We're going to clip of that, dude. We're going to sit through. <laughs> yeah. Whenever we don't see her, we're like, see? Boom. Go to church. Um, I just think about it, you guys, like, and, and guys, feel free to chime in too, like, in, with your thoughts, is that personally, I, I, I didn't hear my parents really talking about it. I didn't even know what, like, Democrat and Republican really was until, like, my first year of college. American history was just a bunch of broken up stories that were kind of um, romanticized. No tell-offs. There was no tell-offs. Yeah. They were just kind of romanticized in my mind, like, this is what... American history is all about it, it kind of created a, a patriotism in me like I love our country yeah um I mean there's the flag right above Greg's head right like I, I am a, a patriot right. to an extent but I'm a Christian first right right um but dude like I patriot but not 
but not patriotism. No, nationalism. There's a, there's a, there's a distinction. Right? I'm not a nationalist, for sure. There's things I totally disagree with when it comes to our country. But what I'm saying is, like, I wasn't really discipled or mentored in our government system. Right. Now, Johnny, on the other hand, he might have had a t- totally different experience. Johnny oh, probably. He's memorizing encyclopedias. Yeah, but I mean, he, his school was probably like, this is what civics is all about. It's second right. grade. He probably understood everything. He probably knew the full balance of government by the time he was in sixth grade. Um, you know, when I first started thinking more so about politics, what was during the uh, Obama, you know, deal coming in you know, before he was president, watching the debates, you know, back when uh, Ron Paul was there. So here's so here's me watching these things. I'm like, hey, this is important, right? Yeah, next president of the United <clears throat> States, big changes. You know, of course, from the past, you know, I knew about Bill Clinton, you know, all that dumb junk that he that he was into. Right. You know? We we knew, we knew all of the, it. Yeah, yeah, we knew all, all the outlandish scandals, scandals and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, of course, yeah, I knew about that. But um, for me, it was more so like watching the debates, and I started like really pay attention and listen. Um, and I'll tell you what, out of all the people, I I, I like Ron Paul the best. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I, and I was Ron thinking Paul. a lot about what he what he was saying, and I'm like. This makes sense, yeah. you know, and I wasn't necessarily, I mean, back then I didn't have a, I didn't have a great understanding of like biblical law, you know, the connection from, you know, the old Testament to the new yeah. continuity, right? I, I, I was just getting into like that kind of stuff, you know, during that time. But uh, yeah, listen to Ron Paul, I'm like, this guy is good. I remember telling my mom, like, like, mom, Ron Paul, yeah, like, I think I'm going to vote for him. She was like, that guy's a lunatic. <laughs> that guy's crazy. Where <laughs> she said she said something to the effect of like, yeah. and he even looks crazy. He even looks crazy. Yeah, like yeah, some wild eyed old man. Like maybe think of like Doctor Emmett Brown. That's funny. Like is that Ron Paul? I mean, I, I'm not necessarily putting those connections together, but yeah. I, I really, I really liked what he had to say. You know, especially in terms of yeah, you know, our country and not being not policing the world stuff like that. really got me thinking. Yeah, but I can say, I did not. You know, at that point, like you know, further study you know, to start learning more about those things at, at that point. in time. Yeah. And that's that. that so I, the reason I asked that question, the reason, because I've been thinking, I've been trying to kick around, like, why are we struggling with this as much as we are? Yeah. Why hasn't abortion ended? Because Christians don't stand. Which that's, that's a pretty bad, that's an inflammatory statement. Bro. Yeah, dude, it's, it's mind blowing to think about like, to go, wait a second, bro. Like, seriously, why is this a thing even? Why, why are you even wrestling with this? There are so many people who we know personally who would, you know, Christian brothers and sisters, and you guys all know them, right? Hopefully you guys can still hear us. And I haven't seen a lot of chatter there in a minute. So I'm, I'm a little concerned, bro. We're, are we offline now? Uh, but guys, somebody, somebody comment. Quick. So, somebody say something. Just say hi, yeah. emoji, <laughs> whatever you got to do, yeah. make it happen. I, I think that um, out of all the people we know, I, I would say, bro, all, all who are Christian, like 100% against abortion. Right. So what's going on? What's the disconnect? Why, why is this even a thing? Because there's a ton of people in Colorado Springs that I know of. at least, And there are multiple organizations that we know of crazy amounts of churches, tons of people. All right. My wife says we're here. Ton, tons of people. They're just listening intently. Right. 
tons of people who who would say, yeah, man, we're totally against that. But then it's Planned Parenthood is still functioning. They're still aborting children every week there. Um, On the daily. Yeah. And I read of a doctor who has been practicing for 40 plus years since like 1975. So he'd be 46 years. Um, He's been practicing in Boulder. And he does abortions all the way up to the third trimester and Man. beyond. Yeah. 630. 630. 630. Yeah. Um, and so like you think, okay, wait a minute. Like there's Christians in Boulder. We know of a church in Boulder. Right. right? We know, we know. Uh, there are a lot of influential people in our state and this state is really conservative. Okay. Now what's interesting is you guys remember last week I made a, I got confused about my date. Right in my time, you you were right. I just discovered this upon week further investigation. Upon right? further <laughs> investigation, I just discovered this week that um, Colorado was the first state to legalize uh, abortion to Wait, soften up the uh, 1967. So I was right. I, I before Roe versus Wade. Before Roe versus Wade was even decided. Right. And it was a really controversial thing. Um, the uh, I, I won't say it right now. The gentleman who put it into into uh, legislation, he ended up becoming the governor. I think he ran three straight terms. Lem, I think is his name. Anyway, wow. I'll, I'll, I'll we'll, we're actually do a, a little thing on this later. Um, and he actually thought it would be the end of his career. And it's really interesting when you read. Yeah. So you want to read like. Um, abortion legislation and political activism from a pro-choice standpoint, not how the pro-lifers are arguing against them, but you want to understand the mindset that got them to the place where they wanted to encourage this sort of legislation. You know what I'm saying? So I read all kinds of pro-choice material. And what's really interesting is they were looking at it from the standpoint of we're trying to do what's in the best interest of the mom. It was, it was always, it, so the, Is it? Yeah. yeah, and it was, women are dying because they're going to get abortions illegally. In back alleys. In back alleys. That language. Yeah, yeah, and that was a real thing, and they were going <laughs> to different countries. Usually people were getting mugged in back having abortions. Right, but it was happening, like, and yeah. there are these pseudo-doctors who, you know, would stage themselves up knowing that people wanted to have them, and then they weren't practicing, you know, and, right. and killing people. And there are women who are dying. And so the interesting thing is this doctor, I looked him up and, and I'll, I'll, I'll present him. We'll do this next week. Um, and a little, and a little intro here. I actually got to talk to representative Dave Williams this week. It was awesome. And we're going to have him. He wants to come on to the live stream. So oh, yeah. Yeah. The guy who Lord put, willing next week, the guy who put the abolish, uh, uh, abortion Colorado bill forward, uh, HB twenty two ten seventy nine. The author of that bill, I got to talk to him, and he's um, he wants to come on and share his heart. He's a strong Christian, loves the Lord, and wants to honor God in civics, but I think it's really cool. Um, but anyway, back to the point, is this doctor pitches himself in his practice as we're trying to do what's in the best interest of the mom, because why? Pregnancy is dangerous, and it kills women. It's safer to have an abortion. What a sweet message. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so, anyway, I, I just thought that was really interesting. So, when they brought in the legislation in 1967, we were the first state, even though we were one of the most conservative, 
in the belt buckle of the Bible belt. We're like the diamond on the belt buckle, dude, right. over here in Colorado with all of our Christian influence here. And what happened, bro? What? What happened? Why? Why did Christians yeah. allow that to happen? And he said, what, "What's really interesting is they did an interview with him, uh, the 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 gentleman who put the legislation in. He thought he was committing political suicide when he did it. Yeah, he thought there's not, no way this is going to go through. No way it's going to go through. Yeah, and I'm my career's toast because he lived in such a conservative context. He thought there is no way, dude, people are going to go for this." And when he put it in, lo and behold, he was really surprised. It passed with flying colors. Wow. Yeah. Three primary points. One was doing what's in the best interest of the mom. Pregnancies are dangerous. Two, um, that they wanted to um, protect women in allowing them to have safe abortion, which you hear a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, and three, uh, to stop the um, pregnancies earlier than later, right? So when you think about, like, when it comes to the, in the, the interest of the mom, but they had, what's really crazy about it is they had to go through all these hoops in order to have the actual uh, abortion. Like, they weren't just, like, they didn't just open up the floodgates and allow women to have abortions. They had to go through right. a three-panel doctor board so three doctors on a panel had to interview the woman and most of them were deemed psychological. Oh, but one of them was rape, the rape and incest. So if it was danger to the mom, rape and incest, and then there was one other one, something wrong with the child or something like that. Anyway, deformities, whatever. I, yeah. I can't remember exactly, but they were all things that most people would go. Yeah. I could get along with that. Like mom's been raped, you know, uh, right. incest has happened. Like, and, and the oldest, woman to have an abortion in that first year was 48 and the youngest was 12. Oh, wow. 12. She was raped. She yeah. was a rape victim. So when they brought it out and they gave the testimonies and stuff, it was really easy for them to pass it. Um, yeah. So the question, again, oh, they, they, they packaged that deal. So yeah. think about it. The what, doctor packaged it, sales brought in, brought in the witnesses, you know, he um, is still in practice today. Appealed to the emotion, you know, got people and even Christians are like, man, this, Sounds good. The same doctor, bro, wrote basically the manual on how to provide a safe and healthy abortion. Wow. He's here practicing in Boulder right now. You got a sweet new updated website they just put up. Looking at Is opening up another location. No, no, he's, it's just, it's like, I forgot the name of the, it's like abortion clinic. This is what we do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> in the name? Yes. It's just abortion clinic. It's pretty bold. That's what they do. That's yeah. all they do. Wow. They're not trying to like, they're not like Planned Parenthood where they're like, hey, we're going to, we provide all these other healthcare wonderful things for women. No, it's like, we do abortion. We do them in the first trimester, the second and the third. And here are the reasons why. And here's how we're there to help you. Yeah. That's nuts. Oh yeah. I'll show you the site. That is nuts. You'd be mind blown. Anyway. I want to see that. At least, I mean, Planned Parenthood, they're, they're coming at it more from the, uh, we help people Slick out. Slick perspective. Well, this is women's health. Healthcare. I mean, like, you know, we're out there in front of Planned Parenthood. And they're we like, provide sex education. Do you guys education? know everything they're doing in here, man? Not just abortions. We're like, dude, get out of here, man. Right. That's mainly what they're doing. That's their bread and butter. That is their bread and butter. This clinic is like, nope, the doctor wrote the manual on abortions, and this is what we do. And he's like a massive activist. 
Well, major activist. Okay. Um, went to Berkeley, but uh, a waste of an education. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I share that to say, what? Why do you think? Now, I I shared my experience in growing up when it comes to civics, and you shared yours. Why do you think? That, that happened in 1967 here in Colorado, one of the most conservative states. You know, most people would think, oh, yeah, that yeah. you, if you were to do a trivia and say, where do you think the first state was that permitted abortions? Yeah, right. Yeah, or California. Yeah, California. <laughs> New York, California. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere on the East Coast. Somewhere. These yep. guys are so liberal. It's insane. Not Colorado. Right. Where, yeah, the, the, that's like Christian homeland over there, bro. Like, your idea of Colorado in 1967 is not a hyper liberal state. Right. Yeah. Not that, I mean, just off the cuff, man, I think a number of things, right? I mean, number one, you know, I'm going to look at Christians, right? I mean, Christians should know better. Warren Hearn. That's right, Jeff. Welcome, Jeff. It's good to see you, brother. The fish. The fish is on, dude. What's up, man? Yes. Go to church, bro. Yeah, go to church. <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep telling you that. We love you. Be a member of a local church. Be a member of a local church. Dude. Love don't, you, brother. Don't go rogue, homie. Don't go rogue. Don't Never go rogue. rogue. Never. Um, but he's right, though. It is, it's Warren Hearn. That's the doctor. Okay. Yeah. That's the guy. And the practice is up in Boulder now. Right. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I look at that. Yeah, Christians, right? So, I mean, this is, obviously, it's packaged. People hear that and go, rape, incest, and... Yeah, you know, a lot of people who are, who are a danger to the mother. Yeah, danger to the mother. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those seem like valid reasons, with no concern to God's word whatsoever. None, right? No, by what standard thinking? You know, abs- just appealing to the emotions. Yeah, you know, it's a way that seems right to a man, but what, what is what is the end of that verse? Is death the end? Death, is death destruction? Right. So, yeah. way it seems right, emotion. Oh, yeah, appealing to the emotions. Yeah, this doctor obviously packaged that deal, and then you have a, a generation of a bunch of hippies. Right, bunch of hippie, straight up Woodstock loving hippy dippy, you know, um, people that are now running the country, and in the churches, a bunch of hippy dippy bless me clubbers, dude. Right, yeah, chip and dip. And so during that time frame, you 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 see a lot less people coming into reformed churches. Yeah, a lot more people going into these non denominational churches. Yeah, these churches that don't really have any any creeds, confessions, come as you are, which. You know, we would look at that, and as far as the language, come as you are, absolutely, we'd say the same, same thing. Yeah. Come as you are in the church. You know, we want you to come in, but, you know, obviously, you know, Christians are sanctified. We get born again. Things need to change. Uh, Dude, he's going, yeah. he's going to Grace Baptist Church, and uh, hello, bro, I'm not going to pronounce that. Amen, Mr. Oklahoma, Fish. and it's an abolitionist fellowship, bro. Praise God, bro. Dude, praise glad, God. Glad to hear you in fellowship, man. That's awesome, bro. That's cool I wasn't for trying you to anyway. dog you, bro. Love you, man. Dude, that's... We, we wanted to keep you here, just, just so you know. Reformed, he says. <laughs> yes. Hey, dude, you, bro, you need solid fellowship. The Lord bless you, man. Like, dude, don't die on every hill, Jeff. Just love, love everybody around you, man, and just, ah. We no, miss no you, bro. No perfect church. There's no perfect church. We, we talk about you all the time, man. We, we enjoy, love you, We bro. enjoyed you being with us. Yes. But God bless you, man. Continue, continue the work out there. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Rob and Susie, they say, uh, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, I, and I would, I would say, you know, and, and man, I tell you what, Rob would be someone we need to have on the, on the stream here, dude. Our boy. Yeah. 
he could tell us yes. like that generation that led up to you know really why Bob was a hippie himself. He was. Well, right, so we he he comes from the generation we're talking about. Like there right. he's our parents' age. Uh, you know, Rob and Susie are our parents' age and they, he he saw it going down. He saw what it was like in that culture and context. Obviously not here in uh in uh, Colorado, but you know I I share all this to say like my personal experience growing up from a generation that raised me. Uh to to really think of politics as something private, almost you know spirituality, right? This is a private thing that you that you hold on to. This is not something that you're you you really need to share with other people unless like you want to engage in that kind of conversation. But it's something that you really keep to yourself. You want to piss people off, right? Let's talk about politics, especially if you disagree, yeah. right? I mean, right. yeah, and and then kind of kind of be careful, you know, be guarded. Um, that's a private thing. And my dad was that way. My, my mom really never talked about it. Like, I, honestly, I can't think of a single moment where my mom was like really hyped up about something political, whether it be federally, locally, statewide. No. Yeah. Even to this day. Mom. And mom came from dispensational churches. Right. That kind of thing too as well, right? <clears throat> come Lord, come bro. Rescue yeah. us out of here, dude. They can't Rapture, wait for baby. Jesus to get here. Yeah. And, and my dad, my dad. You can have my clothes, bro, if the Lord comes, and I'll just pop off. Right. I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. And amen, dude. We'd let that day come. Yeah. Right? My, my dad was a... Uh, my dad's an atheist. Um, he made a pr- profession when I was younger, but then that rapidly went away. And what's really interesting is I even had... Um, wow, bro. That's sad, dude. Sorry to hear that. Fish. Uh, says his dad killed one of his siblings in Colorado prior to 73. Because oh of yeah. that's really sad, bro. Sorry to hear Sorry that. Good, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, we've all, in some way, whether directly or indirectly, been imp- impacted by abortion, or we probably all lost a family member or five from. Oh it. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, even myself. I mean, I look at like my my oldest daughter is twenty two. I'm a, I'm a grandparent now. Yeah, a seven month old uh, grandson, and uh, you know, before she was born. You know, ex-wife uh, uh was being moved into like abortion and i was the one that's the here i am like a full-on pagan bro like, right living my best life now how, how i was viewing life you know full-on destruction and uh i was like no this is wrong yeah this is wrong i knew my life would change new things would be hard that kind of stuff but can't do this yeah this is wrong yeah you knew you knew Something was up, like oh yeah. I mean, yeah. the Lord, the Lord used that in His providence. I mean, I'm teaching in Sunday school in providence that has me, you know, thinking about those things. But yeah, in in the providence of God, uh, God's grace, even in my in my sin, you know, protection of God. Yeah. Wow. So happy, my daughter today, and right, a grandson, and things aren't perfect, but you know, God's good grace. Totally. Yeah. I. So I'm trying to think of the context. I grew up in this context where politics was a private thing, much like religion. You don't share your political views or your religious views. And then on top of that, within the church, you know, I, I, uh, as I came, I came to faith, I came to faith in my early 20s. Uh, I, I came up in a, a dispensational church. Going to church looking for chicks, dude. I did. What you doing? That's right. <laughs> I found a beautiful one. My 
wife's beautiful. You yeah. came up. Bro. I came up, yeah. You married up. I did. Yeah. A big As did I. A big I married time. up too. I'm a blessed man. Yeah. But we I, are blessed men. Well, the Lord grabbed a hold of me, man, and like, you know, changed, changed my life. And But though, the theology that, that I grew up in and was groomed in only encouraged this privatized politics. Right. You know, the church really, Jeremy, like, we're here to preach the gospel. And, you know, we just want to reach the lost, which is a good thing. It's not which a, was Calvary Chapel. It was a Calvary Chapel, yeah. It was a good thing. Same like, it, it wasn't, that's not a bad thing. And of course, we want to reach the lost. So what I want to kind of move into next is, okay, so we came from this. How do we get to where we're at presently? And then yeah. kind of where do we go from here, right? So when you, I think... You, you want to share as a church, kind of how we came, I mean, as yeah. far as us? Yeah, yeah. So what I'm thinking is, is like, okay, I'm really wrestling with this stuff. I'm not connected uh, to anything politically. I'm, I'm a Republican by mere title, by label, because tradition. I'm not tradition. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, very, very pragmatically. In, in I'm basically this. But I'm not Christians ever going to. Christians are this. That's right. Yeah. I'm never going to be one of those stinking Democrats, bro. Right. No way. People. Bro, no. They're socialists. Yeah, they love the gays. They tran- love the trannies. And, they, and dude, All they it, steal yeah. our money. Can't do that. And, bro, they just want bigger government. And um, they're cool with killing kids. And, you know, right. all the garbage that you take in just by association. Right? I was that. And then I held the view. I was even extreme. And my dad was like, he's pissed. What's really funny about my dad is, even though he wouldn't discuss things politically, do you know what he'd always say? All right, time to do our duty, our American duty. Go vote. Better vote. <laughs> right? Sticker, bam. Every year. You'd text me. Facebook like, was back then. He'd be taking like, bam, look at my dude. I voted. Yeah. And my dad doesn't talk to me, bro. Like, he never says a word <laughs> to me, right? But yet I get these texts from him, dude. Yeah, Republican. Out of the, out of the, out of the blue, I get this text like, this dude doesn't ever talk to me. He doesn't care. He even rip, bro. And then what do you, in this text, Go vote. Better go vote. <laughs> Can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I have never, and will never, by the way, take a selfie with an I voted sticker. I won't do that. That's just weird. Yeah. Man. I mean, I'm, that's, that's me. If you do that, that's cool. Still love you. Right. It's all good, bro. I won't do it, though. I have limits in my life. I got, yeah. Yeah, principles to stand on. Principles. Yeah. So, like what you're saying. So, yeah. you know, you were, you were, and it's the first time I ever heard of, you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, first yeah. time I ever heard of like Apologia Church was from you. Me, yeah. Never heard of Jeff Durbin. Uh, you know, Greg Bonson, absolutely. I think, I mean, some of you guys have heard, you know, that, that when Jeremy and I first met, within five minutes, we're talking. You know, we have a mutual friend, Josh Wright in Texas, another brother in the Lord that I've known for, I don't know, 15 years now. You've known for 20 plus years. Yeah. Probably 25 years. Yeah, it's been a while. A long time, right? Well, it would it would be early two thousands, yeah. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. I met him. I, I met him back in two thousand and nine. So twenty two years I've known that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's my wedding. Yeah, love the guy. So mutual friend. I'm moving out here, you know, from Texas, Colorado, you know, with my family, and uh, you know, Josh is like, man, you need to meet my boy Jeremy. Yeah. So we hook up at, at the brewery he was working at as a brewer. Um. First time I ever tasted sours, by the way. Amazing. Fell in love. Sweet, sweet sours. One of, one of my favorites to this day. Good stuff. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so anyways, within five minutes of talking to Jeremy, I'm like, this is so funny. I mean, you've been influenced by Greg Bonson, haven't you? <laughs> That's right. And he's like, yes. Yes. And it was at that point we shook hands. I was like, yeah, dude, we're like, we just become brothers. We Matching tattoos, dude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we both listened to, you know, Greg Bonson's uh, Christian worldview uh, against all others. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the exact title, but um, it's the uh, it's the um, defending the Christian worldview against all opposition. You guys sitting over there, bro. Right here, bro. Defending the there, you guys need to see this. So this is a big deal. Now, out of any lecture series, I've listened to several sermons over and over again, but this is one that I've listened to a number of times. And it's twenty three parts. Yeah, there we right? go. So twenty three part lecture series. I listened to it several times, but um. You know, Jeremy actually exponentially listened to it more than I did. Oh, dude. And I'm cracking up laughing. I'm like, man, this is awesome. So we we're both influenced to a degree by Greg Bonson, especially in, in apologetics and, um, yeah. you know, thinking and whatnot. And then, um, you know, from you started getting into, like, you know, Apologia stuff. Yep. And when were your first influence of Apologia? Like, when did you get? Josh Wright, dude. Josh Wright introduced you? Yeah. He's the, he's the common connection. So I was going what? through this. Yeah. I was going through this like dark night of the soul experience and I was coming out of it, man. And I just wanted to get engaged, man. And, and I was sharing the faith again. I was out preaching the gospel and I got invited to this, uh, skeptics radio show. Remember? Yeah. And I'm tripping. This guy blew you out. Right? Oh yeah. This guy just stomped me in the ground. Just asked me all these hard questions. And uh, I'm I'm just like crying out for help. And Josh Wright's like, "Yeah, man, are you familiar with Greg Bonson? No, I don't. Oh man, you got to check out this. What year was this? This was like 2013, I think. 2000, yeah, huh. yeah, ish. And bro, game changer. Yeah, that was life. Josh was Josh was in the room, I believe, when I was introduced to Bonson. But for yeah. me, it came from another guy <laughs> named Mike Vollmer. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, anyways, yeah, he introduced me, and that was in 2010, yeah. I believe. Yeah. But, he yeah. Let me that series, and I just, like, man. Right. Hook like crack, bro. I, yeah. I, so I, I think the reason you're sharing that is I, what ended up happening was we, we came from this context where Politics was not really something that we spoke about or talked about. And then in Christianity, the, 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 both of us came from Calvary Chapel where, you know, it, yeah. there was very much a secular sacred divide um, where. Can you explain that? Yeah. So there, the, this particular component of the world, which is civics or the marketplace, um, is not a place where the Christian really has a place in the sense of. We are not part of this world. This is not part of Christ's kingdom. Uh, this is part of the, the worldly system that is falling away. And the, you know, that includes all of the governing systems and the world powers. Those are all um, going to perish and fall away. It doesn't make right. sense for a Christian. Um, and there, there can be Christian politicians and lawyers and all that stuff, right, and judges. However, um, you're just to do your Christian duty. Um, but really not try to work towards change because the system is really perishing. Right. That worldly system is going to fall away. Um, 
part of God's common kingdom. Yeah, and that's part of God's common. The God is the cre- the create the creator and sustainer. Yes. Whereas you have the re- the redemptive kingdom. Yeah, and and the pinnacle Church. of spirituality. Uh yeah yeah Eric Eric says this I love this it's the next best thing to hanging out right. <laughs> yeah, this is how it is, bro. We we're gonna do this weekly, dude. This is what we do. And it's only gonna get better, by the way. We should record our conversations at one in the morning. We should, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this is part of the worldly system that's going to pass away. And so it doesn't make sense to invest time and energy into a system that's going to pass away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pass away. Like that doesn't, doesn't carry into the new heavens and the new earth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all going to burn up. Right. Yeah. So that, that was my mentality. As a matter of fact, that mentality was so, and I would say, I would use the term extreme. It was so extreme. I didn't even want to get married. Wow. I didn't want to have kids. Make sure that, yeah. Because I thought, man, the last Lord's thing I want to do. Dude, he's not only is he coming, getting bad. but look how horrible things are. Why would I ever want to bring kids into this world? Yeah. And, and that's, I know that's extreme. Not all people hold eschatology matters. It does matter. And yeah. so when I started getting, I think the reason you brought Bonson up is as I started becoming more influenced by Bonson, I, I stumbled upon, well, what ended up happening is I first got stumbled, if you guys are familiar with uh, Francis Schaeffer. So my path to, to Bonson came in two ways. I was, re- I love Francis Schaeffer, bro. I, I just, I remember that. Oh yeah. I was you a shit. talk less furious. and less about him over yeah. the course of time. I'm I, hearing a lot about Labrie. Yes. And I, Francis Schaeffer. But I still love those guys. I still sure. have a high appreciation yeah. for them. Um, because they, they really influenced my life. They, they were a major influence in my life. Um, because when it came to answering difficult questions, so as you're engaging with people, and you guys all know this, anybody who's engaged with someone uh, with the Christian faith and you know they have an opposing view, a, a competing view, you're going to be asked really hard questions, especially the more often you do it. And there are questions that you're really going to struggle answering. And that's actually what led me into the dark path dark night of the soul that I experienced. Yeah. Um, How soon after we, we um, you, did you hear about uh, Durban? Okay, well, days? yeah, so I'm getting there. So okay. through Schaefer, I discovered Van Til. Okay. Because I'm like, man, where did this guy get this stuff from? The Schaefer is amazing. Well, I discovered Van Til. And then it was right around the same time that Josh had encouraged me to check out Bonson. And I discovered Bonson was mentored, discipled by Van Til. Yeah, you're like, yeah. Whoa, man, it's, here it is. It's all coming it's together. All coming. Yeah. Forming like Voltron. Voltron yeah. <laughs> exactly. Children of the 80s, yeah. Yes. Dude, yeah. Now it's all come together for me. And and I, seriously, it was like, I, I probably wept. I wept when I first heard Bonson. It was like all this stuff that I had not really put together. Listen to this lecture series. Yes. And, and it, 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 it was so clear to me. It was so obvious to me that I immediately began. How like, far into the lecture series were you like, like did, did it click? The first two. First two. Oh, yeah. Faith and reason. Is it reason and faith? Faith or reason? Yeah. Or faith and reason? Right. Yeah. yeah. And you can't reason unless you have faith. But yeah, anyway. So it's like, man, logic is so strong here. I can't resist. Can't be resisted. Man. Yeah. 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 Truth is truth, right? Yeah, so then I, w- once I understood that, and then that's really where my path to Reformed theology began. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, these guys, these guys are saying things that I haven't really heard before. 
Um, this is stuff that like, wow, it's so refreshing, so encouraging. And it, what it did was it pressed me into the word and yeah. made me a student of the word again. It's what led me to go to Moody again. I got, you know, I graduated with a bachelor's in theology <laughs> because of this dude. Like, I'm like, man, I want to dig into this. Well, with that, I think this is why you brought it up came like, wait a minute. Like Bonson has these other works too. Yeah. It's stuff I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, theonomy and Christian ethics, which boy, there's and drop oh. a grenade bomb in the room. I had no idea. I'm just like, yep, I'm reading that, of course. And so, didn't know like what kind of what kind of weights that 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 is no done in the reformed world, right? No, not until I read crazy. Not until I read the preface by North. Oh yeah, where he's just lit up, dude, on fire. I'm like, man, this guy is whoa, he is pure fire. Yeah. Why is he? Is he seems so upset about what's going on here. I want to read more of this guy, yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, and it, it a lot of it has, I think, to do with this. I think to answer the the question, full circle, right? Because we always got to go full circle. Full circle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got to bring it back. Got to bring it back. Is why did that happen in 1967, in a place that, you know, in Colorado, a place that was predominantly run by Christians? There, there was a massive influence of christians here in colorado right well it's because of everything we just said and people bro despise theonomy and christian ethics oh yeah of course so what are you what are you saying theonomy that you know we're gonna like stone homosexuals here and uh apply the new the old testament law to the new from a one-to-one ratio they probably put should be stoned but i mean it should what I'm saying is it should be illegal yeah. to be oh, a homosexual, yeah. bro. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Now, to what extent the magistrate is responsible before the living God to uphold that and to punish it? Right. That's between them and God, bro. But it's like the word of God is very clear that that's something that should be illegal. It's right. something to be called to repentance from. If if something is to be called repentance from, that means it should be illegal. Right. That's pretty clear. I mean, that's an easy one. Well, but then, then you come to the distinction of sin and crime. Sin and crime. So not all, not all sin is crime. Okay. And all, I mean, generally, yeah, I mean, these days, right? I mean, crime, yeah, it's kind of, kind of tweaky, but you know, the majority of crime is sin. Yeah. Let me say this: all crime is sin, right. but not all sin is crime. Right. Yeah. And my hesitation there is because of you know some things that are private. Necessarily, what's called crime. Yeah. May not necessarily be crime according to. God's law. I, and I, I see what you're you know saying. What I mean, there. I don't know all the laws that are out there, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying that. Well, you're there's a difference between private and and public. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 But not but like like being so homosexuality, for example, transgenderism. Those are things that bring death to a culture. Yeah. Right. If you want to see a culture die, then you know, lift up homosexuality, transgender, transgenderism, the the hatred of the family. Yeah. It's being called a nuclear family today. Yeah. Continuing those things, and you're going to see a culture die in front of you. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we're going to get off track here, bro. I yeah. Think that's, that's very true. But, and I would love to talk about that. I could talk about that. You know me, bro, for another hour. So yeah. we, we've gone 40 minutes, 45 minutes, and we're at the point where it's like, and guys, like, we're not, so you know, bro, Greg and I, we, we, and, and Jonathan, dude, and Greg, Eric knows this. Eric has witnessed and fallen asleep. Rob has. It, we have video. 
Proof, oh, yeah. Proof. Yeah. I got, I got pictures. We can post them now if we want. But Eric, we love you. We can go on. We're for not going to do that. We room. could do this. And we're, we're not. I don't feel pressed for time here because no. you know, if you want to come and go, that's fine. What I would say is to take us back. Okay, so we came from a context that was not interesting enough. Like they're not political activists. As a matter of fact, they would have discouraged that. When you say they. Our parents. Okay, gotcha. You know, it didn't matter. Just in general, a context in general that they weren't really political activists. They right. came from political activism. Sure. I think they got blown out by. It. They saw how much division and divisiveness it created. Right. Vietnam. Vietnam. All that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do really think that there was a, a reaction. My uncle was in Vietnam. Yeah. And we grew up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have family that was in it. We we grew up in a context where it's like, oh man, like. Just chill out, bro. Love people. Smoke blunts together, dude. Just, just hang. Just be at peace. Like, shalom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chill out. Like, their version of shalom. It was their ver- very much so the hippie version of shalom. And I think that, you know, speaking for my dad's generation, my mom's generation, and whatnot, they weren't. They weren't really. They came from political activism. They weren't highly involved in political activism. They came from the fruits of it, and they were a product of it, in many right. ways. In some way, shape, or form, you're still an activist. And what I'm sharing this to say, like, I literally held the position, not only because of that context and my upbringing. Um, and then I, I came into the faith in a church that was very much like, okay, that's a perishing system. And then we're not a part of that. Yeah. I literally held a position and my dad would get so upset with me, which is funny. Like, here's a dude that doesn't really talk to me ever, right? Uh, but the one time we do, and I'm like, he's like, you better vote. And I say, well, dad, like, I don't know what difference it makes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just what I say. I'm just one in a, one in a, in a billion. Right? No, no, no. As a dad, I don't know what difference it makes anyway. It's all going to burn, dude. Your yeah. dad's like, yeah. <laughs> this guy, man. Right? My dad's like, what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? The worst thing you could have said to your dad. Oh, probably. Look- Look who's all of a sudden talking about politics. It's supposed to be private, right? Right. Yeah, of course I precept him unintentionally, but... Of course. Yeah, whoa, whoa. You don't even talk to me at all, barely, and then now all of a sudden you're talking to me. And then here's the thing that you said that should be private my whole life, and then now you're all fired up about it, bro, and you're, like, angry? Like, right. what? I'm so confused. Anyway, think about that. That is the confusing environment I grew up in. And I'm like, dude, that's just a waste of time. Why would I do that? Not to pick on people out there, but Brother Solomon is a good example of it. Okay. I'll never forget. We're out in front of Planned Parenthood. And now here we are advanced. And we're going to get into the, how we got to where we're at today and, and what we're doing. We love you, Solomon. Yeah, yeah bro. Of course we love you, Solomon. Grief. You're now being used as a word picture here. We so. wouldn't even bring you up yeah. if we didn't love you. Right? This is what it is. It is. Uh, he, no, but he shared. And, and he shared my exact sentiment. I'll never forget. I'm like, yeah, bro, we need to end abortion. He's like, what are we doing out here, man? What? This doesn't even make sense. Why would we get involved in politics? Like, I get preaching the gospel, man. That's really important. Of course. Yeah, you got that. You don't, you don't have to, which like, is why he was you don't out have there. To influence any Christian on preaching the gospel. They go, yep, amen. It's no, good. Yeah, yeah, we should be out here declaring. Tell women to keep their children, right? Protect, right. preserve life. He got it, but he, when it came to like the legislative side of things, which is where we're at today, right? You know why? Why we're talking about a, a abolish abortion bill in Colorado. The legislative side of things, Solomon was like, oh man, like what a waste of time. Why? Because, oh dude, that is a, 
a system that is bogged down by your bureaucracy and corruption. And I mean, does your vote really even count anymore? We don't even know because the system is so corrupted. You know, yeah. think about it. Yeah. And I he's, mean, which he's in his 20s. From, from, that, from that perspective, if you hold to that position, you know, foundational position of Scientology, that makes sense. Yeah. But what, where's that? Where's Solomon at now? Uh, that fool was talking about, like, would you guys support me if I ran for office? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, yeah, amen, bro, of course. Of course, yeah. yeah. But that's interesting. Yeah, come a long way. He has, and, and I think what we need to touch on now is why. Something clicked in us. Something clicked in Solomon. Uh, something clicked in you. Right. In Jonathan, uh, in others around us, people who might be watching right now might not be familiar. Um, yeah, you know. It's, uh, yeah, bro, like something clicked and changed. Can you take it right back? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he takes it right. Hey, can you get, get us some ice, bro? Do the right thing. Greg knows I'm a talking head, dude. I just, I'll just talk, dude. Here we go. Yeah. Greg's gonna take a leak and pour us another one. All right. So (laughs) yeah, low key. Anyway. This is just like hanging out, right, Eric? Am I right? So when you think when you think about that from that standpoint, you go, okay, something something clicked in me. Um, I encouraged Greg to to start pursuing, considering what is the ap- true application of a Christian ethic in society. Like the gospel is important. We need to preach the gospel. We need to faithfully declare it. But we, in preaching the gospel, the gospel isn't simply like Jesus will save your soul on into eternity when you go to be in heaven with with the Lord, it changes our lives now, right? It makes a difference in who we are today. And that that should in some way, shape, or form impact every area of life, right? It should. It should it, it should change the way we live. It should change the way we govern our own personal lives. It should change if you're married, um what it looks like to be a husband, what it looks like to be a wife. It should change the way you parent your kids if you have them. And then from there on out, it looks different from the way you deal with people in your neighborhood, how you're a neighbor. Um, it, it, there, there's a particular ethic in the way that you take care of your home. Um, in order, out of love of neighbor, you mow your grass, right? Uh, you fix your roof, like my roof is busted right now. I'm sure my neighbors are wondering why there's been a tarp on it all month. Anyway insurance stuff but the point is that you take care of it because you don't want to uh your your neighborhood to lose value um that's why hoas exist and so on then it goes on from there and it, it you look at like how can we live peacefully together right um right definitely exactly Eric. that is it bro just hanging with us bro this just gives you a chance to hang out right so there there should be a way from that when you when you think about it, like to move out into society a way for us to peacefully live together, um, what we would consider equity, to live justly and equitably. Well, there has to be principles in which we base that on. What kind of principles do we base a society on to live justly and equitably? What creates, thanks bro, what creates a peaceful society? So I talked about the impacts of, of the gospel, how 
the gospel goes from the individual, governs how you, you know, relate to your family, husband, wife, government, fam- family government, and then on to neighborhood and then to society. Like we have this desire to live peaceably with one another. Well, that begs the question, what principles will provide that? Which is where my journey, that, that's what provoked my journey into Christian ethics. And I'm like, man, and who better to study than Greg Bonson, theonomy and Christian ethics. Now, what does the term theonomy mean? Theonomy just means God's law. So theos, namos, God's law. And then you have autonomy, which is self-law, right? And then no law, right? There's no law. Lawlessness. Antinomies. Which is anti-namos. Yeah, uh, anti-namas, which is no law, um, which is anarchy. Okay, so we we would never embrace anarchy. God is a God of peace. God is a God of order. He is a just God, an equitable God, a righteous God. Uh, those are his chief character attributes. He's a God of love. And that has demands upon us as image bearers. Right. So as I started studying, I'm like, man, uh, yeah, Christians have a huge obligation and responsibility in society. Tremendous. like. Like, man, that, la- that field is huge, and there is no laborers. Are you getting to when we started talking about this? Yes. I'm, ta- I'm talking about how I came to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, man, I'm reading this, and I, then I would go share with my wife, and she can attest, right? Um, Blowing your poor wife out, dude. <laughs> She's like, uh, Yeah. Uh, Eric says, I'm hoping to see if some uh, of these people I've began to get to know at my new church might tune in too. Bro, that'd be fantastic. Share this page with them, bro. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and we're also um just so you know, we're we're putting this up on uh YouTube as well. And my hope is once I get this out, the hilarious thing, when we went to go start this broadcast today, I was about an hour out or so setting it up and I log on to it and the whole profile had been wiped out. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so as your Twitch profile like yeah, my Twitch Came profile. Through. All of a sudden, you see Jeremy like Call of Duty. Like, what's, Gaming, what, what's yeah. going on here? This Wait a is second, not what bro. I signed up for. That is not <laughs> the live stream profile. I should be using right now. <laughs> um, that is funny. Yeah. Well, uh, so my hope is that we can split broadcast this between uh, YouTube and Facebook. Because uh, Facebook, honestly, it's not, it's not the best for live streaming. It's really not. Um, and I, then, tried, I tried to share this with my sister. I'm looking on my Facebook. Like, How the heck grief. do we even do this? My gosh. I mean, Facebook, could you make it any harder? old, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm not technologically I'm not that, inept. Yeah, I'm not that bad. I'm not 81. I'm not Jonathan, dude. Right. Not, yeah. <laughs> Jonathan's like, our boy. Like, this is, throws you it across. You've doing this. Like, oh boy. Like, hey, mom, I'm like, mom, you don't have to like, <laughs> you don't have to like scroll like that. It's cool. Hey, you why, just touch it. Why are you hitting it so hard, bro? Right. Yeah. Hey, don't, you don't need to do that. Anyway. Mom, you don't need to do that. Love you guys. Love you. Anyway, I say that the, my point was, is that there's something commanded of the Christian that's just more than awaiting some future expectation and hope in Christ. There's here, something the here more. and now. Yeah, the, yeah, it affects the here and now. Uh, and, and, and there's a, a demand of me, a requirement of me to live a particular way. And I just had a brother. I was just talking to a pastor. This is where it gets sticky a sweet bro uh, out of California challenged on this. And he says, show me one place in scripture, the precedent, the explicit precedent for the magistrate uh, in terms of explicit commands from God on how they to govern society. What'd you say? I said, there are two. 
Jesus consolidated them and said, and all the law and the prophets are fulfilled in this, that we are to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Hey, good. Hey, bro. Good being with you. Hey, Jeff, thanks for joining us, bro. We love you, man. Thanks bless, so much, you, brother. Hey, bro. Hope this is a blessing to you and an encouragement, man. You need it. You need a the big fish hug. known as the fish, the fish. dude. Um, so yeah. Uh, what, what is required of us? And I said, well, Jesus, Jesus summarized it. Love God and love neighbor. And so that should be the chief motivation. If you want to know the principles by which we should govern society, laws need to honor God and encourage a society to love one another. Right. And they will truly be at peace in that case. That's a demand. That's an obligation. Love you, brother. Love you. Um, and so with that said, all laws should be structured around those principles. Probably fair to say Christians hold the corner. Yeah. Right. Not just the corner, bro. They own it all. They own yeah, the foundation. Yeah, yeah. Everything. The chief cornerstone. Yes. Everything. Yeah, because uh, what, else, what else is the foundation for righteousness? Because that's really right. what, what we're getting at. By what standard? By what standard? Yeah. And so when you think about, okay, from that point, how does it apply? Which right. is really where the biggest areas of debate are. And so, you know, to hand it over to you now, because I'm going to use the restroom. I'm going to let you talk. Oh, of course. Bro. Yeah. Tell them, like, in terms of your experience, when, I, when you began to be challenged by these things, when we were starting to talk about them. With you? With me. Yeah. What, what was your concerns. experience? Yeah. Two concerns. Hold on, before you go. Okay, okay. Two concerns. I didn't want you to be Presbyterian. Yes. <laughs> That was that at that point in time, man. That was my number one concern. Jonathan can attest, dude. That, yeah, I did I, not want to be Presbyterian, like, bro. You I was not study, far from study. being a Presbyterian. Dude. Baptist covenant theology. Yes. This yeah. is going to be the linchpin. You need to, you need to get this. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, number two, you know, God's law, mm -hmm. right? And working with that stuff. So yeah, do your thing, man. All right, bro. I'm sure. I'll be right back. He'll tell you a little bit more. Yeah. So. Yeah, our uh, interactions were, were very interesting. You know, when, when Emmaus Road Reform Baptist Church started, we were meeting in houses, okay? So the church went from uh, Grace Fellowship, which I was a part of, I was a member of, for a very short period of time. It was probably, probably a matter of eight months. And then that church had since dissolved. And uh, the dissolution of that church in 2017, February, um, we planted Emmaus Road Reform Baptist Church. During that time, yeah, I've been talking with Jeremy because um, for me, I'm you know moving out here to, to Colorado. I transferred, you know, my from my job going from Texas to out here. Um, you know, very blessed to come out here, and uh, you know, I'm talking to Jeremy, you know, through this transition, and you know, hearing where he's at. And his wrestlings, you know, through things theologically. When, when him and I first hung out, it's funny that, you know, his wife like, told me, you know, Katie, he's like, man, like, this guy needs this. He has not had this, like, deep theological sort of, you know, conversation. Because I come over here and we're just, you know, shooting the breeze theologically. I'm, you know, getting to know him, um, you know, asking him a bunch of questions, you know, him, him me, and we're just, you know, enjoying our time together in fellowship. And, you know, really coming to know each other. And, 
it's interesting within within a short period of time. No, number one, like I was messing with Jeremy before he you know left right now. Is you didn't say anything bad about me? Did you? Nah, bro. I'm just, all good things. Dude. All good. Things. All good things. All love, dude. <laughs> all love in the club, dude. So I didn't want to be a Presbyterian. I'm like, man, I'm seeing all the guys you're reading. Like, I'm reading a lot of Presbyterians too. Yeah. Don't become Presbyterian, bro. And Jeremy's like, well, hey, man, I just want to know, you know, I want, I want to know what the Bible you know, teaches on these things. I want to be open to what the Lord has. Obviously, there's there's a an influence with these guys because all the people we're studying are Presbyterians. Mostly pre- yeah. yeah, mostly Baptists. Yeah. And I really encouraged him to study, you know, Baptist covenant theology, um, you know, during that time. So he started studying that. And he was, you know, like you said earlier, getting influenced by Greg Bonson. And so after our church services, you know, so yeah, fast forward. Here we are now, you know, Emmaus Road Reformed Baptist Church. Um, you know, uh, a church which you know we we committed from day one, you know, be part of the church, and um, you know, within a short period of time, you know, Jeremy's talking about Bonson's views on yeah on biblical law as it pertains to law today, civics involvement, that kind of stuff, and really, I mean, it challenged me, challenged me big time. I mean, I'll tell you what, after church. Our poor brother, you know, Jonathan has blown the heck out. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Dude. <laughs> I mean, this dude, you know, our brother is melancholy, you know, as it is, you know, naturally from disposition, but blown the heck out from a church, you know, dissolving. And, you know, the next week, here we are, you know, planted as a, as a, as a reformed church and, um, you know, coming together. And then, then you and I are just like, after almost every service, what do you say? Yeah. Maybe a couple months into it, a few months into it. Yeah, probably a few months into it. You know, after the services, Jeremy and I are talking about, um, you know, theonomy, talking about, yeah. you know, God's law, all these things. And so, my perspective is, I had a very you know hardcore view of two kingdom theology, kind of what Jeremy articulated earlier, sacred and secular. Yeah. So I was very influenced by that, uh, where I came from in the Reformed Baptist world. And I had these particular views, but I didn't, I didn't know this other side, you know? And so, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, we're just getting after it every Lord's day. We're having our, we're having our, our, our love feast. We're eating, yeah. we're hanging out. And then I'm in the backyard. Like, dude, are you telling me like this and this? Jeremy's like, at this point, bro, like this day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so you're saying like, if somebody doesn't go to church on the Lord's day, the Sabbath, like we're going to make those laws. And, you know, just rough things we're working through, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, caused me to really study. And so Jeremy's like, "Hey, man, if I got you this book, yeah, bro, I'll buy it for you. Would you read it?" I'm like, "Oh, of course, bro." And so, and and don't get me wrong. So we had these conversations. At the end of those conversations, it was love. Yeah, I'd leave the house. He leaves. Hey, he's brother. still around. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's still around. Dude. I'm still. Yeah. <laughs> What are you talking about, dude? I'm still around. We'd hang yeah. out, man. I mean, it's just a matter of like, it's all, it's all love. We, hey, brother, love yeah. you. You know, it's all good. You know, your brother in Christ. You love the Lord. We're trying to figure these things out. This stuff's not easy. It's not easy. So he he buys me this book. The book is mm-hmm. called Mission of God by Dr. Joe Boot. For sure. And um, yeah, get it, dude. And this book was instrumental for me. Um, it's a, I don't know, 700 page book. I read it in a few months. Couldn't put it down. Um, blew me away. The book on missiology uh, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of the view of. There you go. Yep. If Joe you don't Boot. have this book, this book needs to be a part of your library. 
There you go. It is a must. Uh, so I started reading this book and, you know, very much so challenged. Challenged, challenged what, what I believe. Challenged my two-kingdom theology. And uh, once I finished the book, we were on the same page. Yeah. Well, I mean, Joe Boot has a wonderful way. And I think the reason why is Joe Boot has a very similar path to ours. All on his own. Like, it wasn't like we all started coming to this together, you know, at the same time. And we're all like influenced each other because like we're all part of the same little Christian bubble. Like we came at this from completely different. Providence. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, Apologia came to this. Um, I was listening to Joe Boot. I, I didn't even hear about Apology until after the fact that they had mandated this book to be read by all of their elders. Any, anybody in church leadership in Apologia has to read this. Dr. Well, White bought a box. And Dr. White bought a box and he gave it away. Like, I don't know if he a box, but he bought a box. Bunch. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is yeah. a lot. This is a $40 book. You know, right. if you buy it new, not like you find it like Greg. And, and this man brought me a hardback. A hardback, not even a paperback, no. dude. Did you need this thing in hardback, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's love. Yeah, and I've read it a couple times through, and it's, bro, it's a, uh, um, when I when I read it, it comes from a missiological perspective, and what I mean by missiology is, um, someone who, dude, Stellaritis got that book, dude. Yeah, bro. Tell him, dude, you better read it. I expect in twenty twenty six. Yeah, he'll have it. You have it read. I read the preface. We know you can read the book. Right? Guys, I got through chapter one. We love you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, dude. Yeah, cheers, Derek. Dude. Cheers. Cheers, yes. Derek. All right. Amen, brother. Hey, dude. Eric, this is going to be a huge blessing to you. So why? Oh, uh, Will. So why? Um, the reason why is, so to give you a little backstory on Boot, he came through uh, Ravi Zacharias. International Ministries. He was a VP. He was one of the top guys. High up. Yeah. Oh yeah. He and he's an author. Um, he's written chapters in some of Robbie Zacharias's books. Um, fantastic, brilliant mind. Just a, the man's brilliant and lo- loves the Lord and is he's an serious. evangelist at heart. And is he come his his family, his mom and dad were uh, missionaries in Pakistan. Mission yeah. dude, missionaries to uh, Muslims. <sighs> Rough. Okay. Uh, the, these, yeah, and and dude, just the Lord has granted this man just with am- amazing mind powers. Oh yeah, just encyclopedic Jedi mind. mind powers. It dude. really is, and the way he explains things, like my my wife listens to him. She's like, every sentence is so condensely packed with this important information. Oh yeah, that you're like, I love listening to Boot. <gasps> you know, and real quick, by the way, you can hear hear him on on his podcast, Ezra Institute. Yeah, definitely hit them up. Ezra, Ezra Institute, they release um, a new episode every Wednesday. Yep. And wow. It's great stuff. Oh, my gosh. And, and it's all about cultural ministry, what, what Christians are to do in society. And uh, so Boot ends up going to a conference, I believe, in England, if I'm not mistaken. He's in England. He's from England. And he, he's in Canada right now, which is where the Ezra Institute is. And in this conference, uh, there was a break. There was a period of break. He goes to a bookstore, used bookstore, finds a Van Til book, can't put it down, and his mind game over. Yeah. Oh, he's so mind blown. Do you know what year that was by any chance? I don't. No. I don't. But it ended up causing him to move on from RZIM, 
Sure. He founds a church. Good timing with that one too. Right. All right, right. Yeah. Dodge the bullet. Gone. Yeah. Big time. Providence. Yeah. Yeah. And um, founds Ezra Institute and a church out there in Canada. And bro. Um, School. Yeah. The, the Ezra Institute. Yeah. And the, those guys are, are ministering to people who are going to be influencers in culture. We're talking about doctors, physicians, you know, and doctors and physicians, the same thing. Lawyers, politicians, wh- whoever it might be, cultural influencers raising up leaders. That's what it's designed for. And it was all, it started with this Van Til book. So he talks about his experience when he read this book by Van Til and he's like, oh my gosh. Blown away. He said it was like yeah. everything came together for him. It was exactly what we'd experienced. Well, this man, dude, over all these years had compiled all this data and was missionally minded and culturally focused that when everything came together for him, it was like game on, bro. Yeah. He wrote this book for his doctoral dissertation. <laughs> yeah. And didn't it take like six professors to like read? Yeah. Something like that. Oh yeah. They were, they were like, oh my gosh, like this, yeah. it, this is the outflow of his life's work. Yeah. And so his desire and passion is to get the gospel out there, but to be a Christian in society and you will not find a man like that's in our time. I, I think he's going to go down in history as, Oh yeah. When you yeah. think of like some of the great reformers and you think of some of the great theologians, but like your wife said, every sentence is jam packed. Bro. Like goodness. Yeah. I, I wish I could speak like he does. Yeah. It's, and have that accent. I don't even think like he of course, does. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I could think like he speaks. Right. I'm going to be screamed at by somebody. I hope they're from the UK. I'm That's like, right. Man, yeah. that sounded good. I love Keep you. yelling at me. Like, yeah, it doesn't wow. sound as bad. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Keep. Go ahead. No, no. I've been yelling. to the book once. And yeah. like, that's, that's one of the books I need, I need to go through again. I mean, we've, we've talked about, we do a Puritan study. We've talked about that being the next book. And we're, we're done with this one. I affirm that. We'll see. Yeah. 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 So. Pivotal. That book was pivotal. And it, and it has been for many people. It's not just us. And so let's bring Johnny into this. So Pastor Jonathan. Yep. Right. So Jeremy's an elder. Jonathan's an elder. And this was before I was an elder. This was before he was an elder. Jer- Jeremy was, what were you? The, uh, a deacon. I was some kind of weird thing. Yeah, it was a weird thing. You elder know, in training. Elder in training. And then we realized that was, that was weird. That's weird. Made you a deacon. Biblical. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying, bro. I'm not. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, became a deacon. Poor Jonathan. And then Jonathan, so this, this brother, you know, poor guy. I say poor guy because of what he's been through, you yeah. know, and just, you know, loved the church, been through tough loved stuff. Grace Fellowship, him and Katie, and um, just took him a while to really just come out of that, and from the lack of better words, PTSD from dealing with that, you know, yeah. so here he is now seeing that we're studying this stuff, and he's like, I need to be looking at these things my guys are looking at, these are my boys, yeah, right? this, is my, this, is my, this is my team here, yeah, and so... Little did we know, and what's funny is he did not communicate to us that he picked up the book. That's funny. And he and he got mission of God. Yeah. And he started reading it, and uh, you know started reading that amongst amongst other material. And didn't I buy it for Jonathan too? I don't know. I think I bought it for you all you for guys. Brian. I know I bought it for you and Brian. Johnny, I don't know. Jonathan might have gotten it on his own. I think he got it on his own. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we'll have to confirm that. But Jonathan, so during this time when he was going through these, I call them growth spurts, you know, painful. Yeah. But you're growing. 
bitter providences at times. And, yeah. yeah. Well, well, because of what he had experienced, and, and you and I are already dialoguing. We're already working through this, right? Because of what he had experienced, he's like, I'll never forget this. He goes, man, you guys, I cannot right now deal with another paradigm shift. Paradigm shift, yeah. Yeah, dude, no. Exact language. No. And to be fair, it's a paradigm shift. Jonathan went from being, you know, in a non-denominational church to becoming convinced of Reformed Baptist, you know. And confessional. And and confessional. That's a big, that's a, that's a big deal. It's huge. And within a short period of time, I've been a Reformed Baptist for years prior yeah. to coming to Grace Fellowship. Right. That was newer to you. Yeah. Right. And then, and then this. Yeah. Yeah. Come a long way in a short period of time. Right. We have. Bro. I mean, it's, it's been painful. And honestly, I think that um, it's been a blessing too. It has. I mean, I yeah. th- I think the reason painful but a blessing. Yeah, and I think the reason our church hasn't bursted at the seams, right? Um, we've had a lot of people who are interested, love the preaching. In some cases, the teaching, right? And, and they love the community. They love the fellowship. They love the people. Love each other in our church. Yeah. Oh yeah, the liturgy. Right. The, the beauty and the historicity of the liturgy. Church ends, people hang out. Yes. Love dude. each other, and they, talking, that they care about each other. Yeah, and, they, and they're part of each other's lives outside of church. Right. Awesome. That's a big deal, and we're not there. No. People are hanging out. Yeah. Amen. That's Love what we that. And we're trying, and we, the cool thing is, like, it's sort of, as it should, take on a life of its own, the life of the church. It's the body of Christ, and you see that, um, but... What's interesting is a lot of people have been turned off by that. We want to talk about that a little bit. You know, people have oh, come yeah. to our church, come and gone. Like, it, what's really interesting, they're attracted to all those things. But then we start talking about, like, wanting to be involved in abortion now, right? Um, we've been involved in abortion now. Well, we've been involved in abortion now, like, for three years. Like, since they first started in abortion, right. uh, the actual, you know, helping sponsor churches and doing the outreach and stuff. Um, we've been involved with that with Apologia since the beginning. So it's like four years now. Right. Going on four years. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, close to four years. Yeah. Shortly after we started as a church. Yep. We were on it. Right. <clears throat> we're we're out there preaching and getting this, after it. This equipment is um we were one of the four churches that received the original The spoils of Apologia. The spoils of <laughs> the, <laughs> the sweet spoils of Apologia. Yeah, right? they they bless us big time. Right. Yeah. My wife says the strong accountability, that, that's something that people don't like. Right. I'm, oh, yeah. Big but time. because we're a church body and we're just trying to be biblical, man. Like, right. It's hard. But, but people don't like to go to church to have church discipline. Right. Right. You're next to communicate people. Yes. What? Unfortunately. Yeah. We hate doing, but, but that sucks. But that's the reality. It's, it's it. biblical. Yeah. Well, think about 18. it. What has been our experience, bro, since we like started sharing? Let's go back, like, um, to when we first started with in abortion now. Yeah. Okay. So these convictions that we've been talking about that we've arrived at now, Jonathan is like, he is he's there. Like, oh he's, yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh, we are locked we're arms. Voltron. It's back, full circle back to Voltron. It's gonna be dangerous for our community, yeah. bro. Like, and so yeah, we finally like we are. We're in a place, man, where we have momentum in the leadership, and we get it. Like, Is that year four? Year four, dude. That's for you, John. Year four. There got to be some like symbolism to year four. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. Yeah, just walk with God. Just walk. That's that's what I say. I mean, just walk hey, with God. bro, 
don't worry about all this stuff, man. Just walk with God, right? Turn around. Yeah, dude. We'll be able to say the rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave that. Yeah. that. <laughs> but I think that, like, yeah. So we we now like we're looking at it. We're we're one accord. You know, a threefold cord is not easily broken. We're we're there. And so we we're staring this and we're saying, hey, church, like we want you to get involved. Well, what has been our experience since we've really tried to encourage involvement? Pushback. Tons. Chafing against what we're doing. Bad. We had we had families in the church previously who just did not want to be a part of the abortion now. Yep. You know, um what happened to some of them? Got blown out, left. They like, left. Some of some of the things we heard was like, hey, tell us we need to do this. Yeah, tell we're us like, what we need to do. No, you know, we're going to tell you, you know, we're not going to teach you, we're not going to tell you, like, what to think. No. We're going to teach you how to think. Yeah. Right, it's coming to mindset. I mean, Jonathan said that, which I, which I love. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to teach you how to think. Um, and I think you've been, you know, of course, you know, part of that. Absolutely. In terms Big of time. schools, yeah. Yeah. On the same page. But yeah, people wanting to know, like, being, hey, tell us we need to go out here and we need to do this. We're not going to tell you that. We're going to we're, we're gonna tell you what the scriptures teach. Um, how can you not see that you know babies being murdered nine one one? Yeah, urgency. Well, think about yeah. this. Like, it's not so to that point. We've even had from that same group with the same mentality. Is it? They'll ask us. They'll challenge us with this. Like, well, why is this like the only thing the church is focused on? It's not about. It's not. However, it's a major focus, right? And we're a small church with limited resources. And being that we're a small church with limited resources, there's only so much that we can dedicate if we want to do things well. Quote Pastor Jonathan. Quote Jonathan. If we do something, we're going to do it with excellence. We need to, do, well, gosh, isn't that our obligation? Should be. Yeah. It should be. And so, no matter what we're doing. Exactly. And we don't always do it well and we are learning and we are growing. However, <clears throat> we need to deliver things with excellence and do it well and be consistent. That's, I think that's one of the hardest things to find is that just being consistent. And when we present it to the church body, and this is our own church body, one whom we love and are dedicated to serving and want, and want to see grow, want to see unified in the faith and want to see advance in these understandings. Um, really contribute to their community nothing but crazy pushback right um bro so when i first started this i had this romantic expectation that of course you did yeah (laughs) overly follow yeah to quote my brother emilio gleefully optimistic gleefully yeah (laughs) that post mill that post mill i had this that post mill gleeful optimism that, that was like, you know what, maybe in a few years from now, you know, that we would have such a, a following and such a help in these, in this ministry that we would be there as a witness, at least in front of Planned Parenthood, where they're killing children day in and day out, um, from the moment they open the door till the moment they close. Somebody there ministering. Yeah. On the, on the payroll. Right. Like full-time supported minister. Right. Eight hours a day. That's where they're at, and they're ministering, and they're taken nice. care of. Yeah, bro. I thought, and then we have beyond that, that person is responsible basically for organizing 
that whole side of the mission. And then they're getting more people involved and they're training people up and raising people up and discipling them and teaching them how to evangelize in this category. Like, would you say kind of like apology, how they have a yeah. bunch of people out? out yeah. I looked at that. I'm like, yeah, we could do that. City hall filled with people like from the, from the church to the point, dude, where city hall has to call a recess when they're not allowed to. That's awesome. Because they're, they're preaching at them, dude, at three minutes. You got kids, man. I mean, if you until, haven't, seen, haven't seen on YouTube. Until like 1 a.m. Right. <laughs> That's awesome, they're like, man. They're like children, by the way. I'm exhausted, bro. I know we're supposed to keep this preaching. Going. Yeah. Durbin's kids. You have these like 11-year-old kid, like calling these magistrates to repentance. Yes. Awesome. Right. And so when you think about like, wait a minute, like they're doing this. And they've gotten so many people involved and people are behind them. I know that they must have experienced what we have. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I listen to apology all the time. And so I'm going to hear the podcast yeah. and like, you can, you can hear the, I've been listening to recently in terms of their stuff on like Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Where their ministry started from. Yeah. And they've come a long way. Big time. It's taken, it's taken a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, dedication, time, Years. love. You know, loving the, loving the people, loving your members to yeah. come to where they're at, for sure. Dude, they were doing breathalyzers at the entrance of their church. I know. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. Yeah. And putting, excommunicating people, dude, who aren't, like, following through right. with what the... It was crazy. He said the first couple of years were a nightmare. I mean, every weekend was church discipline. Can you imagine? People yeah. are stressing All out. All your members are from, like, addiction <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Dude, it was like, hey, man, dude's back on heroin, bro. Like, what the heck? We got to discipline him out. Yeah, you know? it's rough. Oh, we got to call him out before the church. Oh, brother's been, like, trying to help him out, and he's not, he's not listening. This one sucks. Period. It's horrible. Yeah. And they were doing it every weekend for, like, the first two years. Oh. <laughs> brother so-and-so, oh, man. My oh, my he's, uh, he's tripping out, dude. Can you imagine? He's, I, like, he's under the bridge right now. People trip out when it happens like once every year or so, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. These guys are heavy-handed. You're like, oh, apologies doing it every week <laughs> for two straight years. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, man. But, I mean, it makes sense when that's, when that's their, like, congregation. In that context, for course, sure. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was, Durbin was a, a chaplain at uh, a drug rehab, drug and alcohol right. rehab, yeah. So when, when you think of that, okay. If this group can do it, we don't have that problem. Matter of fact, we have a lot of upstanding individuals in our church. Tons. Wonderful people. I'm probably the most hood dude out of of us. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're probably the most hood out of everybody. Yeah. Um, And here we are. I think so. Actually, Rob, dude. Rob, Rob, dude. Oh, Rob, yeah. You're hood, dude. Rob's, yeah. He, he's part of the From Thugs to Theologians Rob's group. Rob's a godfather, dude. dude. He is, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he is. But uh, most, most of, of our um, congregation, they're military. Yeah. You know, um, sweet people who just love the Lord. Some of them grew up in Christian families and, you know, haven't nearly experienced the kind of garbage that we have gone through. Right. What's interesting is, like, that doesn't matter. Many yeah. of them have pre- conceived notions of what church is what christianity is oh yeah and when you're like hey we got to get out there and go to work and we got to be involved in society and politics and we need Why, to bro? engage what are you talking about? and they're like what does that mean are you serious y- yes 
yeah, we need to be involved, actively involved. Right. Um, that's, that's not an option. That's a requirement. And so where we're at today is... So well, when you say requirement... I'm, I'm Rob, Rob says, you know, gee, dude, yeah. <laughs> That's right, boy. dude. Rob, you are. Rob, OG. you are the original gangster, dude. Yep. Yeah, you right. are. We love you, bro. Yeah. So when you say required, yeah. Like simply put, in in a in a word, if you will. Three words. Yeah. The I'm using the Puritan language. They they always say in a word and you get more than a word. Three. I have three. The Great Commission. Amen. That's it. Yeah. It's teaching them all things. Discipling them. Right. Disciple the nation. Yeah. And then baptize them, right? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And lo and behold, I'll be with you until the end of the age. Like, so... Dude, I'm the, you have the Lord of glory with you in victory till the end of the age. How about this? Like, I love the words of, of, um, of uh, William Carey. You know, the expect great things from God. Bro. And what's the last part? Attempt things for God. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think, I think, you know, I know we've been going long, and I appreciate you guys hanging with us through this. We got, hanging tough. It's great. Uh, and we wanted to just, by the way, we wanted this to be a free-flowing thing. We didn't have the men's study tonight. We weren't pressed to, to try to get out of here. And we wanted to produce content that we could, like, repurpose and put out there. I'll go back through and kind of segment this up and, and kick it out. And we just wanted to have this conversation and not be limited by time and just be able to, to share our hearts. I think that, um, this has been really good, bro. I got, <clears throat> having a blast. I'm always encouraged by this stuff. Oh, of course. But I, I think that, um, it's the, where do we go from here? Is it something happened to me and something changed in me where when I really started searching deep and going, you know, there's more, there's more to my Christian life than that. Right. right? Just answering that question. What is the more? You and your Bible. Me and my Bible alone is not. There's more to it. Right. My heavenly hope. There's more to it than my heavenly hope. Right. There's something about this life that is incredibly important. And what's really interesting to me is when you talk to unbelievers, particularly like what I would call the rabid progressive atheists. Right. Foaming at the mouth. They're foaming. <laughs> they're foaming at the mouth. That's that's at least the picture I get. Oh, they want to tear you apart. Yeah. They just don't. Yeah, they're it, your boy Brandon. Yeah, I, I can think of many. Yeah, good. Right. Oh yeah, Brandon Brown, dude. This this is for you. When you think of them, loves you. You know what's really interesting is it. There is an innate passion for this world, for this life. Of course. A good one. I, and I think, I think it's admirable. And there's something radically wrong with a Christian who doesn't have the same thing and more. Right. I think you see that, like, in the original Christians with the arts. You know what I'm talking about? Like, where they were passionately oh, yeah. producing. Christians were the forerunners of those things. Yeah. The arts, sciences. Sciences. Everything. Technology. Yeah. Exactly. Right. There was something about the Christian mindset that has changed. Right. Because, bro, like, that doesn't exist now. Most, most of the secular realm, the pagan realm, is totally, you know, thumping. Dominating, yeah. Yeah, Christianity. It's exactly right. They and, are, and they have the right view in the sense of, to be fair, I mean, yeah. they have a domination 
I mean, for lack of better words, they have a domination sort of view, where we as Christians have a dominion sort of view. There's a distinction there. Sure. We're not lopping off heads, dude. No. You know, for the kingdom. Um, that'd be more of a domination sort of position. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where they, have a, they have a view where, where you know, if this, then this. Yeah. Right? Kind of a thing. And so, as Christians, we need to be more so, you know, involved with those things. And if this, if God's word is true, then this. I think right? the reason that's the case is that they, they, have a, they have an outlook that says something along the lines of, this is all we have. And because this True. is all we have, we need to do the best with what we have. And then Christians, to, to, to vice versa, right? This, this, this is passing away. Yeah. This is what matters, and we're out. And, and what's interesting is I actually heard uh, one, of, one of my close homies, dude, Mark Spence, he was actually uh, boy. He was doing uh, uh, open-air preaching in, in Cal State Berkeley. Okay. Ooh, yeah. And one, it's really interesting. He he has he's having this interaction with an atheist, and this atheist challenges him. He's like, "You Christians, all you care about is this next life. Hmm. We care about the here and now. We care about this life." An indictment, and it's totally an indictment. That stuck with me, man. Yeah. Like ever since I heard that, I'm like, "What did Spence say?" Uh, he I don't remember his response, but it wasn't this. Not what yeah. we're saying now. Spence has come. A long way too. Spence is one of us. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He's not far from that post. Not far from the kingdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we say that lightly. Yeah. But what what's interesting is he, um, um, Mark Spence works with Living Waters. He's the, I believe the, the VP of outreach there. He, he is really um, one of the Ray key comfort those guys. Yeah, yeah, one of the key proponents of Way of the Master. I think he's one of the key developers of that. Um, if I can give him that credit. Um, <clears throat> he was one of my pastors at Calvary Chapel, your Belinda, and so was Easy. That's crazy, bro. Isn't that crazy? Uh, it's bro, it's wild. Dudes who are reformed ish. They're now well, no, they're they're straight up. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I, I I would say that in that interaction, that was an indictment. It was an indictment to say, you know what? That's true. Christians are not really that focused on the here and now. They're more concerned about what's going to happen in the future. And so, you know, with the moving forward side of the things, I think, I think moving forward is what I'd like to do is produce content, kind of like what we're doing now. Is just this, I, think, I think this has helped maybe others realize, like, number one, they're not alone. Like, this is a tough issue. And guys, we recognize, like, that this is really hard. This is not, by no means, this is simple stuff to work through. Applying Christian ethics in the world is an incredibly complicated matter because i believe it's been um diluted with a lot of big time yeah with a, with a lot of theology that's damaging um because christians throughout history if we just look back and, and even pre pre christ that that uh, even jesus himself and the apostles john the baptist they were highly involved so much to the extent where they were being summoned by kings and magistrates, you know, wouldn't that be so? Yeah, think about <laughs> it. Like, uh, um, imagine having to speak in front of Pontius Pilate to give an account. Imagine, bro, but a Roman procurator—they they were appointed like governors over provinces that were dominated by the Roman Empire, and they did it for periods of time, right? And they were, these were some really wealthy, influential, powerful men. Right. Uh, king, 
even even if you were um a uh an appointed king like so um a vassal king of the roman empire which is basically what herod was like herod yeah, yeah exactly uh even so like you were a highly influential very vassal powerful being individual Caesar and being rome the emperor right yep yep Caesar and vassal so the the emperor caesar would have Im, Im put herod in place and then even the religious leaders of the time they because Israel and encourage you guys to do some historical studies on Israel. Israel in in its relationship to Rome was a a religious I forgot it was a temple city, but it had something to do with the temple city and it had special rights in comparison to most yeah. cities that were conquered by Rome. Right. In the sense it was allowed so Rome did not want to overstep and destroy particularly what they wanted to do was um uh, consume. They wanted to absorb cities and make them part of the Roman Empire, but they didn't want to necessarily rock the boat with it. I think when Pontius Pilate came in to Jerusalem, yeah. and, you know, waving the flags, yeah, and then the, He's re- like, the religious sects like lost their minds, yeah. and they're looking at like an insurrection at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, right. And so they, yeah. so Rome backed off totally. Yeah, and then the, so con- contrary to what most might believe about. The time of Christ, and even before that, during the Roman Empire occupation, outside of the census, Rome was like not involved. Right. You know, you guys see the cities, okay? Real quick, you guys see in the movies the city got like a Roman soldier and centurion. It seems like on every corner, okay, where they're like brooding the Jews, you know, punking them. No, that's not how it was. That's actually not how it was. They were governing themselves for the most part. Right. And do you guys like experience that? Your own laws. Yeah. Do you guys experience that in your own life? Like, we are more governed by our own police department and government than Rome governed Israel. Put that into contrast. How often do you see a police officer in the city? He's like brooding over you to be like, what's up, bro? What are you doing right now? Like you see in the movies. Do you know what I'm saying? They have come out in front of Planned Parenthood. Yeah, but I mean, it's not trying to punk you. That's my fault. I'm I'm getting crazy, bro. I'm preaching, you know. I'm getting He's preaching the gospel. I'm getting in people's faces. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. People get in your face. That's true. When they're lucky, they don't get knocked out, bro. Bleep that one from the screen, dude. That's the yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, they were all things of glory, God. They weren't. They weren't like up in their grill. They weren't managing their affairs. They weren't so close, like up into them. And the reason I share that is, there's something to be said about the attraction that Jesus had. And and uh, John the Baptist and others who are being brought before these rulers, right? Why? Well, they were really rocking the boat. Well, then go back like throughout history. Daniel exalted to the status of second in command. Esther, if you want to use that as an example, Joseph, yeah, Joseph, and on. These people were actively involved so much to the point where they're being recognized as leaders. And Jesus said that, didn't he? That you will be brought before kings? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, that doesn't happen, dude, when you're just hiding in the corner, bro, and you're not involved. Hiding in your basement? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So where do we go from here? It really, you have to be challenged by the life of the apostles. You have to be challenged by Jesus. You have to be challenged by um, the prophets. 
and, and all Moses, Joseph, Daniel, Esther, all these people who are actively involved, you have to be challenged by their life and wonder, well, wait a minute, like, is this it? Am I supposed right. to just hide in the corner? Am I just supposed to wait for some eternal expectation and this all to burn? Or is there more to this life? Is there more to this life? Is there not more? Um, Absolutely. And what do we have to offer as Christians? And I think, you know, with that said, you know, we'll close with this. We're, we're just about almost at the uh, two hours? Close to two hours? Close. We, we can rock this all night. You pour this another, <laughs> you pour this another glass. Yeah, we can. I'll just roll. Um, I'd say, do. I'd say, uh, what, with the next steps from here are, okay, what we want to do as Christians in Colorado Springs, El Paso County, and the state of Colorado is we want to be actively involved in some way, shape, or form in each one of those levels of government. We want to begin to influence legislation that upholds the peace of society, justice, and equity in, in our city. We want our city to be at peace. We want to do good things for our city. So how can we begin doing that based on principles that are conveyed in Scripture? Um, and then that moves on out into the state. So with that said, uh, having had a conversation with, uh, yeah, there you go, Eric, do it. With that, do it. <laughs> do it. That's right, bro. Exactly. With that said, Dave um, Williams. Dave Rep, Representative Dave Williams, I had an hour and a half long conversation with him. That's awesome. That's yeah. A, that's, a, that's a good time. So, if you guys, if I can have an hour and a half long that conversation so cool. with Dave, who just didn't want to get off the phone, we were just, yeah, it was great. Like, it, dude, the fellowship was immediate, bro. It was the, it was the locking, locking, arms. locking of arms. Um, you guys can listen to this for an hour and a half. That's fine. Think about this, like, he's asking us, okay, guys, there are three things that I really want from you. One, please pray for me. I am ministering, this is a ministry. It is ministering in a dark place. Principalities, powers, forces of darkness, rulers of this day and age. He quoted from Ephesians. Yes, yeah, he's like, I love this guy. I'm in the midst of I darkness. I haven't met him, but I love him. Oh, wait, wait till you hear from him. Oh, yeah. Wait till we interview We're him. We're friends. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I'm like, dude, Dave. If you could just share what you just shared with me in your heart, bro, I'll just let it go, and you just go. Get it. Yeah, he, he's really eager. He wants to Send run Send him an email. Encourage him. Okay, I was just going to say that. So pray for him, please. He asked for prayer. Send him an email and, and, and encourage him, and also the other legislators who are involved. We don't know who's going to be on the committee yet um, for the hearing of this bill um, to debate it. The bill goes to committee. Committee. Right. They, they, they review it. They review it. At that time, there's going to be a rally. We don't know the date of the rally yet, but it'll be mid-month in February. Jeff Durbin announced that, by the way. Jeff Durbin announced it. I spoke to the horse himself. I'm, I'm going. Dude, we're going. We need to go. We, this is what we do. We call it in, bro. Yeah. Dude, everybody's taking off work, bro. We go. Send it. We get it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we go, and he said that, that what that does is it shows support that there are people behind it. He said, think about it this way. Politicians are people of power. He goes, they care about two things, power and money. How can they wield their power, control the power, and get the most money to do it? Right. He said, don't trust any politician. He goes, don't even trust me. Because I know this, that I want to take those two things and glorify God with them. He goes, but I know that those who are my competitors don't. 
Right. And that's it. Because there's politics. So politics is about money and power. One on one. That's it. And so if you come there and show support, remember they're your representatives. You tell them you're the ones that give them the power. Right. And if they refuse to listen to you, you will strip that power from them. And that is their job security. Everyone loves job security. Oh, of course. Yeah, we all want job security. We want to know that like we're gonna I, I, I take the jab to keep my job. But though these people take it also benefit from these relationships externally. There's there's a lot to gain and a lot to lose from these relationships. So he said a showing shows a demonstration of support. And the more support, the more that we have an opportunity to move this bill forward. And then um Thirdly, uh, vote. I voted. Got to vote. If you don't vote, bro, like you're you're voting. I expect you to take a selfie. A not a vote is is a not a vote. I voted. I'm gonna walk in with a video, bro. Like Greg, I didn't take a selfie. He's like <laughs> straight video. He's live. Shredding, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I'm voting. So he said you have to vote because you're the vote. And he goes, whether we believe the system is corrupt or not, um, the vote is what True. makes was make what makes a difference. And then. Thank God for voting. Yeah. And then the two-pronged approach for us in the sense of how can we influence people would be how can we bridge the gap between pro-lifers who see this as an industry that they need to continue on, uh, incrementally pushing in bills that, he goes, and he goes, as a legislator, I'm going to do whatever preserves life. He goes, but from your side, what you need to do is learn how to work together and organize better with pro-lifers as yes. an abolitionist. Yeah. So whatever that takes we need to figure out how to create common ground. And I think that starts with the gospel. I think that starts with Christians. Um, you know, the Christians are the ones that have to do that together first. Oh yeah. Because there's a yeah. lot of non-Christians in the, in the pro-life movement. The pro-life movement isn't necessarily a gospel oriented. Right. Absolutely. Anything else you want to share as we close? No, I agree, bro. Yeah. Amen. And amen. Awesome. So, oh, wait. Rep Williams is texting me now, dude. Texting you? Yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're good, dude. So, um, nice. he wants to let us know that uh, there's a group that if you guys are interested in training, because uh, I asked him, I said, what are some practical steps that we can take in terms of training uh, to better understand how to become more involved? Because really, guys, like, to me, this is a very intimidating environment, right? There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to know. There's a lot to get involved in. How, what are some first action steps that we can take to be better acquainted? Because, man, I don't know about you guys, but, bro, the liberal progressives. Sister. Bro, they have got this <laughs> down. They have, yeah. they have, bro, they are amazing at activism, getting things moving their way. And they're a very small group of people, but they have a huge voice. Right. Yeah. So he he actually just sent me um, some connections, and is he uh, watching? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's watching or not. But the good uh, timing. Yeah, it was good timing. But what province? Contact me. Contact contact me because um, it's a private group. So uh, when you think of tactics and strategies, the last thing you want to know is that you're giving your enemy the tactics and strategies of how to be effective. We need to be shrewd wise as serpents, right? Um, in how we go about 
addressing this. And, and so he sent me a private group. He said that if you want to go through training, which deals with specific how to be successful, how to succeed in this particular category, this group does training. It's by invitation only. We have to demonstrate that we're interested in doing it. it there is a fee involved. It's a nominal fee that they want to make sure you have skin in the game. It's something you're interested in. They also will vet you. They'll make sure that you're really, truly interested, but you're also in alignment with their convictions, and uh, which is really interesting. A lot how the Christian church was in the first century. Interesting, yeah. Right. They want to make sure that uh, you really want to get involved in it. So if this is something you would like to do to better understand like how you can be involved and what levers to pull and really where to go to work, right? What action to go to work on. Um, let me know. He just sent me the information for the the group. So uh, with that said, um, I think we. God bless. Love yeah. you guys. Peace. We love you guys. Hey, Johnny, dude, this is, uh, this is for you. We're going to go ahead and crank this back up, bro. Yeah, dude. Love you guys, Bye-bye. dude. Bye-bye, bro.